2022. And listen, we've already had COVID. Check. We ended 2020 with COVID and we started 2022 with COVID. So if you don't think, ladies and gentlemen, that you could get COVID twice while you're fully vaccinated, think again. (laughs) (laughs) My family was quarantined from January 5th to January 28th. I had no COVID, but, um, but you know, I just had rest of life. I, I put my house up for sale. You did? I sold my house in a month and it's been bonkers. So I was doing that. Renee had COVID. She's finishing her dissertation. You know, just like a little, little things were happening. Mm-hmm. We extended our holiday break. That's right. For just a little longer because we really needed it. And in 20 days, I'm defending that mofo. And if any of y'all want to attend, just let me know. It's an open defense. She's going to be a doctor. But hello, (laughs) my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. die. I am the one and only Renee Ronica Bahati Klug Mercury Reeves. I'm Nicole. We're back, baby. And here we go with a wild ride of a conversation. We have no idea what it's which about. Which can't even have an introduction. <laughs> so we hope you enjoy listening. Interesting, like rest. Like doing, but also resting. I don't know. That's, maybe. Working, but also resting. I rest a lot. Okay, Jonathan. That, okay. Lo- love is all you need. No. Prophetic. We said. Being angry at God. Jesus is also feminist. Not deconstruction, but returning to our origins. Oh, we talked about that, but I want to talk about that one sometime. Church, the people, but also a building, but also a building, question mark, like, is it a building? Is it people? I feel like we, that's organic church. We, we talked, talked some about that. Squeaky, but not greased. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> but if you don't speak up in the church that you aren't cared for, if you're not a squeaky wheel oh. in the church, you don't get greased. That's anywhere. Um, mentor, but also not mentored. I just realized I there was one woman, but they were she was. It, look, I reached out. Listen, I ju- this is so freaking. So there's a network of of leaders, and I went to go get mentored, and they wrote me back, and they said we looked over your profile and all your social media and your websites, and we would rather you be a mentor. I'm like motherfucker, really? Yes, they're like we don't believe you need mentoring at this point. We believe that you need to be mentoring others. <laughs> That's very. And I'm like, this is what always happens. It always happens. Sex. Do you think you could actually find a mentor? Me? Being as specific in your belief systems and just ways of living. I don't believe there could be one out there that would that would fit for me, but I don't think they exist. At this point, yeah. Well, I think that um I think that I've learned from Jonathan because he's had a fair amount of men mentor him or disciple him, and he's asked all of them to disciple him or mentor him. He doesn't theologically agree with all of them, not even close. There's one guy he really didn't really probably agree with half of what that guy believed theologically, but he had, in certain aspects of his life, he had areas that Jonathan really wanted to glean from, and so he pressed into those areas. So I don't think that I would ever meet – I don't think – I don't know anyone – personally right now that I totally agree with theologically who could meet all of those, you know, who would align with me and all of those things. But I mean, even us sitting in this room, we don't all agree with each other or think all the same things. I I think that for Renee and I, we should talk about this topic right now. I think that it actually comes down to care and it's more about someone caring for us 
which we haven't really had in a holistic capacity, neither of us. We haven't had that. In, well, that gets into like mother stuff. I don't know yeah, that I'm... Just yeah. like a motherly That taps care. into mom stuff, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I don't... Are we ready to talk about mom stuff? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just... Tell, I'm just... I w- actually had all this stuff from mother hunger come to my mind. Just thinking, like, that's what it is. It's just lacking... We haven't had that. And so it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like I get mentorship from a lot of my friends. Like there's certain people who I I know I can go to for certain things and I can tap into that. And then Which is what Mother Hunger talks about. She says if you have she says most people who have mother hunger can have those that hunger met through relationship with other women. And some of it has to be intentional though. Like but you can have those needs met that you didn't get through your mo- mo- actual mother relationship. Yeah. And I think I used to view myself insecurely because of this. Because even like my boss, whenever I meet with my boss, she asks me for advice. And I'm like, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't look at this from a deficit perspective. Mm -hmm. Maybe I am just a fucking badass. Yeah. Well, that's true. And I don't think I've ever seen myself as that. Yeah. Or it's like the women and I honestly haven't. Seeing yourself the way that other people see you. Or it's like, okay, I didn't, I've, you know, felt deficit for so long. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Other people don't view me as being somebody with deficit, even though sometimes I fear that. But I'm like, hmm, I don't know. It's interesting how sometimes it can shift where I'm like, do I actually need a mentor anymore? And if I did, who would it, it would, I mean, honestly, the person who I would want to mentor me is Oprah Winfrey. I feel like that's my level at this point. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that makes me sound like a like a catastrophic bitch, but that I feel like I'm at that level. I'm just not there yet. <laughs> I don't know where you were coming from. Maybe Brene Brown. Uh, Brene Brown. I, those like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna level up, like, like that's there, where I want to level up. Yeah. There's only that. Much, there's only that much higher in terms of living people. Yeah. Uh, or alive, they can mentor. That's is where that, I am. That's where I am. That's, That's where she's at. She's just like, what, what else, that, what else would be? There's not a, no. What oh else God. would be That's the point? It. Maybe the Queen of England? No, I'm just kidding. No. Michelle Obama. Did you see that video of her son or her grandson making a Christmas pudding? No. No? And they're just, it's just like this, uh, you know, tradition. Thing. Yeah. So they're filming it and, you know, Queen, whatever her name is, who's been alive. Elizabeth. Forever, she's standing back there <laughs> and her grandson, her great grandson is making the pudding. Harry is giving him the stuff and he's throwing it in this bowl. And he gets the spoon and he just starts like stabbing. Yeah. And then she's she gets her, her fellow and she she moves away. Really? Yeah. And she's she's not happy about that. That's how she's lived for so long, because she hasn't done a damn no, no. thing. He's going to It's violent. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's how she's still she, alive. She's got other things she's to worry so about with her old. son. I mean, if I didn't have to like her scrub son. my toilet and scoop a kitty box and you know, wipe poopy butts. I would live a lot Who's longer poopy too. Butts are you still wiping? I mean, I don't wipe poopy butts anymore, but I did for years. <laughs> yeah, she never three did. children. She, she didn't do any of that. You, wipe her own butt. You. That's what I'm saying. Then you do, you will live longer because you're doing less labor. You're just you're in, you're in more pristine condition. That makes me think of you're you know you're a mint. What is she? And she she's got like a regimen. She's got something to do. Oh, nobody can go to bed until she goes to bed. 
Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oprah, I mean, the whole country of England can. I'm talking about within her family. Oprah has her uh, sheets changed on her bed every single day. Yeah, and she doesn't do that? That's different, though. Oprah's, she's gotten there. Like, she earned that. Yeah, the queen didn't earn it. She was born yeah. into it. Being a badass. Yeah, I'm not there. Listen, I'm going to be 45 this year, and I'm nowhere near Oprah's status. It's okay. No one's near Oprah's status. Is it really? Is that? It bothers me at night. These are the things that keep me up at night. This is why Sean thinks I'm a three and not a four. I could see that. There's if you're no actually laying in bed there. thinking about being No, I will status, say that That's a three. That's a three. Eighty nine percent of my day for the last forty years has been spent wondering how I'm gonna level up. I think a lot of uh, prolific artists But then I had my depression for twenty years and that leveled down. Hmm. I think a lot of prolific artists or people that have output that have a creative side to them, at least to some degree. Are either four wing threes or three wing four. I'm not saying yeah. that five ones can't I don't do know. something. They're just not as. Uh, I, I don't feel know. Like there's uh, out there. Yeah. Well, I have this like inner fantasy life, which is what made me think I was a four. Because fours have an inner fa- right. fantasy life, Absolutely. and I have had an inner fantasy life since I still do, since I was a kid. So, is part of your inner fantasy life though being like Oprah? Yes. Yeah. See, I so that's still very fourish. Fourish, yeah. Because it's the the actual thing that's happening is the f- fantasy. Is that I'm dreaming about this thing instead of doing it. Yeah. Well, you're doing it. You're about to get your PhD. So let's not pretend either. Yeah, like you're just sitting at home like... Twiddling ding, twiddly do. Wiping butts. I am wiping butts though. I have to wipe Judah's butts. I bought those special... God, he's so funny. He's so... He has to have his butt... If it's his butt is not perfectly clean, that's it. You get it the day. Oh, yeah. Get him a little baby. Yeah, that's bidet. exactly what I need is a bidet. All right. What are we talking about? I don't know. This is our episode. I mean, I like uh, the idea of talking about... Let's just mash... 17 minutes so far. Let's just mash it all together. Let's just keep going. Have we'll we said anything shooting bad? the breeze, and this will be our first official shoot the breeze episode. People talk to... Most of, most of the ones I like the most are like Yeah, we already talked a little bit about mentoring, not being mentored. We talked a little no, bit about... No, but I said like the most ostentatious thing about yeah, the you only said you person want to be Oprah. who could possibly mentor, mentor you was Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. That's right. If, she's, if she happens to listen to this, is that what you're concerned about? No, it's just yes, such I'm gonna an send ostentatiously it to Oprah, bombastic so she will thing to, to say. It makes me sound listen, so conceited. You know, other people don't, don't let that stuff out, and I think it's worse. Then just say the thing that I want. Yeah, I think that means that uh, that you're fine. That you're but maybe fine. it's because I view myself too highly and I need to knock myself down a few pegs. I don't think it's because you view yourself too highly. I think it's because you want excellence. Yeah, that's... that's uh, and wealth. <laughs> sure. That's the goal. Also, are Christians not allowed to want wealth? I mean, that's a whole separate conversation, but... Since Jonathan and I are selling our house, and this is our first Shoot the Breeze episode, which we haven't even talked about on here, but we're selling our house and we're... You know, we're doing the anti-American, anti-evangelical American thing. We're selling our largest possession and leaving it behind. And maybe people, I think some people think maybe we're a little cuckoo. I'm not entirely sure. But one thing that Jonathan had asked me was, he's like, do you think that Jesus would have had a mortgage? And I was like, mm, I don't think so. I mean, he didn't even have a house. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not... Also, let me say, it's not wrong if people have a mortgage. I don't think that at all. Will we have a, will we buy a house again later? Probably. However, is it okay maybe for a time that we are mortgageless and would Jesus have had a mortgage? No, I don't think he would have 
Because he didn't, like you said, he didn't, he even said, I don't have a place to lay my head. I don't have a home. He went to different places. He mostly stayed in Bethany with his friends. And then he traveled around. He was kind of nomadic. And I think it's interesting to think, yep. well, let's have a season of that. And yeah. be this, doing this very countercultural thing that's very anti-American because Americans, we've just been told the only way we can be quote unquote successful is to buy a house. Yeah, but you're also not like going to be you're not taking your kids to the streets you're you're significantly downsizing in order to have a different kind of life yeah and in order to use that money in different ways right to travel to have different kinds of experiences because to give houses have a lot of money locked into them yeah i mean yes it definitely well obviously part of our motivation is to have money to do different things with like through ministry and to give which we wouldn't be able to do otherwise i just spilled my chai Oh, did it actually spill? Yeah, but just a oh, little. A little bit, just a skosh. And yeah, I'm just saying Wait, it's interesting not... to think like we just get locked into these, you know, it has to look this way. Or what abundance actually looks like. Yeah. Like I just felt like I looked around and was like, wait, when did I, when, how, when did I get to the point where I was like, oh, this is the only way to do this. You grow up, you go to college, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids, you do, Why? Why is that the thing? Who said that? I don't have to do that. I mean, it was probably a white evangelical. That's what I'm saying. I reject that. But, I mean, except for that I went to college and I got married and I had kids and I bought a house. Yeah, I mean, same. And not in that order, though. Right. But And then and people will look down upon you if you do things out of order. If you have yes. babies beforehand, if you buy a house before you get oh, married. Yeah. I had I got censured for stuff like that when, right. when I did that. But I was like, there's no guarantee of marriage. Oh, but right you, now I can guarantee yeah. oh, you're that a I can buy this woman, house. Or you shouldn't be buying a home, Renee. Oh, no, of course you not. You should wait for a husband to buy a house for you. <laughs> I got to buy two before I was married. But, uh, and, but it was like, yeah, I don't know. Are we? This is not our episode. This is absolutely 100%. Our episode, let's talk about hell. Well, I'm not talking about hell. What do you think? What I do you think about I hell? I don't. I don't. I actually don't think about hell. Because I thought about hell for so many decades and hell visited me every night in my nightmares. I know. That I had to stop thinking about hell. And once I stopped thinking about hell, hell stopped bothering me. When you were in like church though, um, just, you know, straight evangelicalism, was there a lot of church, was there a lot of hell messaging? I didn't. Was it like talked about a lot? Because I don't really remember hell being talked about a lot. It's so weird because, I mean, I didn't become a Christian until I was 16, almost 17. And I was at a pretty charismatic church for the first few years. So, and then I made my way to like a, you know, Bible church that was actually like quietly Calvinist. Um, I don't remember anyone from any pulpit being like, burn and you'll burn in hell if this don't repent but i there ha- i know there was messaging because well, I, I i came out of that with like an idea of what i thought hell was like which i've now since rejected but still so to me hell like racism is baked into the cake of evangelicalism right that makes sense and so it's this it's an implicit explicit message right. of if you don't believe a certain way right it's hell. This is what's going to happen. So that's why it's also such a sinister message because now it's th- the preaching that I did hear 
didn't talk about hell, but it talked about very uniform thinking. Mm-hmm. And that if we're not aligned with this, right. we are not in God's good graces. We are not aligning with the Bible. We have we have yet to repent for the mindset that we've had that is not in alignment with not God's mindset, right. their interpretation yeah, of yeah, yeah. scripture and their interpretation of God's right. mindset. And then, and then the the default is well. If I'm not in alignment then with God, where am I? Then I'm going to hell. Right. So then the it, right. It, so then it's implied that if you're not doing these things that we all believe X Y Z um, are right that we man has decided on, then you will end up in this other place. It's yeah. just implied. And 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 if you like straight up do not confess Jesus as Lord and repent for your sins, right. That's it. Your whole eternity is sealed. And look, I'm still working all of that stuff out. I don't, I feel it has not worked out. And I have to end my thoughts on hell there. I don't know exactly what I think, but I I do remember one time a pastor saying something to the effect of, when we all die, when we die, and we're standing before the Lord, like if we believe scripture says we're going to like stand before him. He said something to the effect of whatever it is that God does with me as I'm standing before him. He's like, I will know without a doubt that that's what I deserve. Like there won't be any question of like, oh, but could, could I get or should I get or could you? It'll just be like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. This actually talks about the topic. I know. I'm just saying, whatever it is that God decides, it will be right, and I'll know that it's right. And my soul, my spirit, whatever is before Him, will be like this is this is right. So I used to believe that Nicole, I really did, and I actually felt a lot of comfort when you told that to me. I don't know within the last. This is our tenth year of friendship. Um, We met each other ten years ago in June, Um, but now here's what I'm beginning to feel is true. So when you take a look at Jesus's messaging and you take a look at Jesus's precursors, and I'm not talking about biblical precursors, they of course had very similar, but a little different messaging. But when you look at like people who came out into the world, Aristotle and Plato and Socrates, that not in that order, yeah, um, they were messaging very similar mm-hmm. virtues mm-hmm. that Jesus was. Yeah. But Jesus, I think, is different than that, that he was coming into this. And wisdom is wisdom. And the spirit is the spirit. Although I don't know how the spirit operated prior to Christ, and I don't want to pontificate about that. But where Jesus, if Jesus truly did die for the sins of the world, then he died for the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we go before him, it is going to be so overwhelmingly good mm-hmm. that we're not even going to know what to do with that kind of goodness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That I think that if our sin is as far as from the east as from the west and that Jesus is dying on the cross allowed for that mm-hmm. departure, then why would there be any alternative messaging when I stand before the actual being? So then instead it would be, I stand before the Lord and I don't deserve whatever it is he gives me. He gives well, me. I don't even think that's going to be part of the messaging. Well, I'm just I, saying if it's so good, it's, it's, that it's just goodness, that I don't even deserve it. I, I don't even think it's going to be Because it'll be beyond deserving. what we can it'll even. It'll be beyond. It'll be, okay, 
from the dawn of mankind, we have been searching for love. We've been searching for meaning. We've been searching for righteousness and justice and satiation and pleasure. We want all of that. We were born to, babies are born wanting to suckle. Mm -hmm. Babies are born needing, if you don't hold a baby, it'll die. Yeah. Like we are, we have been innately uh, created for for belonging. Mm -hmm. And so I think, if, if we have been innately created for something and that is the one thing we all at the very root of struggle with on right. a day-to-day basis while we're at, in earth, right. on earth, in at, on earth, all, all of the of prepositions mm-hmm. above and beyond, then when we get into heaven, I think it is going to be a, the perfection of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that's going to shake out. I don't know if evildoers are going to be there, of Hitler, whatever. I don't even. I don't even care at this point. Yeah, I honestly don't give two. I shits. do because I have a real problem with justice, and I'm very justice minded. So I actually really do care what happens. I think that evil is a real thing, and I don't think that God's love. I think God's love um, trumps evil. But I don't think that evil then just is eradicated. I don't know that evil is going to be eradicated. And I mean, I think I have to, I personally always have had to hold on to some kind of belief that there will be some kind of consequence. Because if there's not consequence for evil, then I quit. Like I can't, uh, I can't, I know, I'm sure in God's presence, I wouldn't care. And I would be able to just let all of those things go and I wouldn't even maybe think about them because I'd be in his all-consuming loving presence. But right here on this earth, in this room, when I think about it, I don't I don't feel okay ever saying there's not going to be – well, I don't believe that there's not going to not be justice because God is just. So I also don't think there isn't going to be some – consequence i don't know what other word to no. i don't believe in fire i don't believe in people burning in hell for eternity so we yeah, can just i don't take either. that off the table right now i mean i, I know yeah. you and i both don't think that i i don't i don't think in any capacity that that has any relationship to the god in scripture that i read about in any way it doesn't mm-hmm. align with his character either in the old testament or the new testament Correct. i don't see it i don't believe it and i fully reject it so i don't believe in eternal torment that's not my jesus so that's out the window but i think there'll be something to say i i think when i say that i don't deserve this like if people are standing before him and they have that feeling of like or uh, i'm sorry the first one i said the people feeling like i deserve whatever it is that's coming that to me is like the gentleness of justice that's like the you know he it passes over them and they know that they aren't perfect people but they're standing before a perfect god yeah and i think to and i haven't worked all of this out oh i haven't worked but totally. and you know and and any of the things that i have worked out may not be right anyway <laughs> and the one thing i think that 2021 brought me to is this idea that i am okay with not knowing yeah totally that this that uncertainty is actually a real source of comfort yes, for absolutely. me. And the fact that that I that I would rather go on in a series of unknowing than a series of knowing. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like 
unknowingness allows my mind to be more critical. Yeah, absolutely. And for me to like stop. And now there are things that I firmly believe in, but I I, I would like to do so with an open hand. Anyway, I'm veering from where I mean, I was we have going. to have convictions, right? I mean, convictions. Yeah. It, what like essentially, what are we if we don't have some convictions yeah. of something? But even to your point, I'd rather not go on um, pretending that I know either. I think I did a lot of like posturing and um, positioning. And even arguing that I believed or that I knew certain things that I really... You didn't. I didn't. Nobody does. And then I got to a point where I was like, actually, no, I have no idea. Not even do I not know what I'm what I'm talking about. I don't even know what I think about this thing. Yeah. And then I had to start all over re-examining what I even thought. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the whole like eternality of, of either salvation or damnation. And... I don't think I believe in in the damnation part, but I do believe the eternality of the soul. And I don't even know if I'm right about that. I don't know if the soul will be obliterated or certain souls will be obliterated. I do believe that there will be a reckoning. But one of my friends, her name is Nicole, and... We, she and not, it's not Nicole Cottrell, <laughs> it's Nicole Austin. And, and I've been friends with her we've, since we were 14. So we've been friends for 30 years. And um, she, we were, she was over and Greg and I, Greg was actually crying by the end of the conversation. Mm. And, we, and Nicole does not, I think she's probably agnostic. She doesn't have any sort of faith system, never has. Um, but I think she's open hearted. Mm-hmm. And so they, we brought up Hitler and she was like, if I were God, the one thing that I would want to do with Hitler is just hold him. Mm. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you are what? <laughs> I was so like riled up. Yeah. And I was like, what? And, and look, and Nicole is like a justice oriented person. Yeah. And I've seen her like. You know, she can come down, she's a, she's the sixiest of all sixes on the Enneagram that I've ever met in my life. And she really does have like discernment between good and bad and things like that. But she said, I can't imagine somebody being full of so much evil, not being also full of so much pain. Mm. And I think I imagined somebody who became either a psychopath or a sociopath, which I have, I, me, Renee, I have very interesting. I have interesting ideas about <laughs> sociopaths and psychopaths. I have different ideas about that and, and accountability, for the nature of sociopathy and psychopathy. But anyway, back to Nicole. She just said this, that she feels, it was her, that was it. She was trying, the God in her mind mm-hmm. would be, that's where it, where it came from. The God in her mind would be one who did not reject Hitler, mm, yeah. but held Hitler. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Greg and I were like on the floor. Yeah. Because I was like, I feel like I have never heard a more Christian thing mm-hmm. from a from any Christians. Mm-hmm. And here it was coming out of a yeah. non-Christian. Yeah. And I just, and it changed me from there because I was always thinking of all people who are like frying yeah. in, the, in the pan of right. Hades. Right. It's Hitler. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was like, ooh, if we flipped that, if yeah. we flipped that and reattached Hitler's humanity to Hitler, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it might not. Because because why is my behavior and my actions toward people? No, look, I am not okay. I need to be careful about what I say here. Hitler did 
committed atrocities that can never be undone and that will reverberate through generations. And we have to remember what happened so it doesn't rise up again because Nazism is coming back up and I rebuke that shit. But, well, you got to turn off your phone. Sorry, it's my phone. My computer's dinging. um, But... I think I, in a, in a, to a smaller capacity of reverberation, yeah, have committed just as much evil to people, even on the playground in junior high, making people feel like shit. And I mean, it's different. That's what I'm saying. It's not apples to apples. I said that at the beginning. I want to be very, very careful. Also, because we can't get we. I think intellectually, if we're being intellectually honest, we obviously know that there is a sin uh, scale. Like, I think so. Yeah. There's a spectrum. This isn't um, when I've heard people say like oh, God views stealing an apple the same as He views stabbing your neighbor. Bullshit. No, <laughs> He doesn't. I'm sorry. That's not even close to true. Little Renee on the playground. That's true. Talking smack. That's true. Is no um, genocide. It's true. Okay. It's so, true. Like, You're right. But what I'm saying is I've done worse than that. But like, here's the thing. Well, I don't even like. Okay, first of all, we said we weren't going to talk about Hitler, and here I am talking about. <laughs> But I did we like. I did. Said that I know. Before we but started. I did like what my friend Nicole said. So I got to. No, take, that was that's beautiful. It is I mean, beautiful. But it's we're beautiful. Stop and the it, Hitler thing there, yeah. and I'm going to move on to somebody else because that's it's too much of a binary. Yeah, Hitler against right. everybody we else can, is a binary. We, that's why people use him as an so, example. But can. here it is. With if we know better, this is I yeah. think Maya Angelou and probably scripture. Yeah, I, I know Maya Angelou yeah. a little bit better <laughs> these days than I know Hitler, uh, or that I know by the Bible. <laughs> Sorry, and. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and that didn't mean to conflate those. I don't conflate those. But um, this idea, though, that those of us who knew and yet committed yes, the right, act, right? there's so much, there's such More a larger measure of re- accountability right, right. than for those of us who mm-hmm. didn't. I think that's true. And and I think that goes back to the heart of justice. Mm-hmm. This idea, I think we are going to talk about justice, right? I mean, we're talking this about heart, it. The heart of what is fair and impartial and right. Yeah. That's the definition of justice. So when I think about that, then going back to what you were saying to that person who maybe I do still believe. I, I always reserve the right to believe and unbelieve in the same breath. But, you know, this idea if it is fair and right and true, and if God is fair and right and true, then I think at the same time, Nicole, it will know this is exactly what, and at the same time, this is so much more than I deserve. Yeah. Right. It's the both. It's both. And I don't know that our brains can fathom I don't think that. we can really comprehend any of it. And, you know, I mentioned those all those dreams, I ugh, nightmares I used to have. And for years and years and years, just like hell coming into my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it was, it was waking up screaming every night. And it was the worst. And I'm not talking about like a few years. I'm talking yeah. about decades. This yeah. was my reality. Yeah. And it started um, changing in in small part this one time when I woke up and there was like, it felt like there was a, a demon in the room and it was like beckoning me. And I was like, uh, no. And then on my <laughs> on my left, there was a being. Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass. But I was scared and I felt like I didn't have a choice in that moment. And then on the left, there was this being that Im- I knew in my spirit, my mind, whatever, that whatever this being was on my left, although I couldn't discern what or who it was, that it was all-encompassing good yeah. and right and safe. Yeah. And then I I realized 
that that was God mm-hmm. and that everything that I had ever dreamed God to be was. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. talking about the good things. I, I feel like in the same breath that we can associate, especially in evangelical school or evangelical circles, in the same breath that I can say something beautiful and good about God, I feel like I also, I we always had a caveat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like God is so good, but, but make sure that you, you don't right, sin. You can't just say he's just love and yeah. goodness and kindness. There's always the addition of, but he'll also, yeah. and don't worry, yeah. and you better. God delights in sex, in marriage. Right, in which, marriage. Oh yeah. Don't lust. Right. Uh, oh God, God loves the family unit, and he loves when right. when families come together. Oh, but don't idolize uh-huh. the family. All freedom within these boundaries. Yeah, and I'm all and the look, continuation. And it's always this. But I I feel like if there's always this, ah, but ah, mm-hmm. but we internalize the but, not the yeah, ah. That's right. And so it's I think very, for all of these de- decades, I was internalizing the but, which smelled <laughs> like ass, and as it was. And and then I began to realize, I think that was five, six, seven, eight years ago, that this kind of dream thing, it felt like a waking dream happened. And in that time, I had to let go of the idea that the butt was preeminent. And that the butt was preeminent. That the butt was preeminent. Yeah. That that Satan got the last word. Yeah. Every and time. that he gets to be front and center. Mm-hmm. In my spiritual narrative, yeah, and then if I ever misstep, he he gets me. What yeah. the hell is that? Or not even that it's Satan, but so much as that we're we underwhelm ourselves mm-hmm. with God's overwhelmingness. Like we don't even let ourselves embrace the overwhelm of Him. No, is it's too much? And it's I, too much for us to even yeah. like try to pretend on a daily basis. We would become actual human blobs yep. if we could really embrace every day and all of his goodness. Like we wouldn't actually be able to function. We wouldn't be able to do anything but sit in that goodness and love. And part of us knows that. Mm-hmm. And that feels terrifying because it is terrifying. Yeah, That kind of love is terrifying. Mm-hmm. We can't comprehend it. We can't take it in. So we have to limit it and wrangle it. And so we say things like, this really great thing, except that. Yeah. But it's a straight shot ticket to insecurity. And oh, I was yeah. sitting somewhere with somebody who and knew. shame. And- yeah. Who knew like old Renee. And now she sees me now walking in confidence. And she's like, you're like a different person. And it really, it, hurt, it bothered me. It mm. bothered me when she said that because I'm like, but I'm not. Mm. I'm the same person. I just, I have a different mindset. Yeah. I mean, my mindset has been righted because I actually was this person when I was younger. Yeah. And then when I got sabotaged right. and bamboozled it by evangelicalism, or put aside that is or, when a right. lo- I spiraled into, you yeah. know, a lot of addictive behaviors like, uh, what is it, food issues and body image issues and all of those kinds of things. I think we're exacerbated by this fear of hell this Mm -hmm. fear of the butt yeah and and once i realized like why am i allowing that Mm -hmm. to dictate who i am not Mm -hmm. and then i started focusing on who i was not who i am like this you know self like solipsistic kind of thing yeah but this idea of if this is the one shot that I get at life, which I'm still not sure, we might have another life waiting for us in which Hitler gets to be my toilet liquor. Mm. And, um, but my, the point here is if this is my one shot, I'm going to do it with confidence. Yeah. 
Because that's the scripture. Do not discard your confidence, that which has a great reward. Mm-hmm. And that was actually the first scripture I ever read, ever. Oh, really? Yes. And I do believe, like, it's funny because in retrospect, I'm like, oh, well, this is a very fitting scripture for yeah. me. <laughs> and so as hard as it was for me to walk into the confidence, it wasn't confidence in myself. Yeah. It was confidence in the fact that God did something in creating me and propelling me. Mm-hmm. And and my confidence is what's going to be able to fulfill whatever he has for me because I couldn't do it in insecurity. Yeah. It was self-sabotaging. Yeah. And I think for anybody here who's wondering, well, how do I get out of insecurity? You believe that which God has done. And you believe that if you're here, like Celie from the color, color purple, yeah, you're here. Yeah. You're here and you belong. Yeah. It's so good. And look, you got, I'm not saying that at the end of this podcast, you're going to have it all worked out. You got a journey ahead of you and you got to work it out. But somebody also recently said to me, because she was asking me about my theology and I'm like, I don't even know. And she was like, your framework for cultural intelligence is your theology. And I was like, you're right. You're right. I 100% believe in a God that calls us to be curious calls us to be open-hearted, a God who calls us to be empathetic and perspective take, who asks us to be aware, not, not just of ourselves, but other people, and a God who compels us into compassion, to doing what's right, and to be responsive to the things that we're aware of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's my theology. Yeah. I believe that Jesus embodies my cultural intelligence framework. And that's my theology. I like that. I mean, I'll attach some scriptures onto it, but just not yet. <laughs> I mean, I need to take care of a few things in the next few weeks. So, and then I'll do I like the scriptures. So. Anyway, that's it. That, that's how I feel about hell and heaven. Yeah. Well, we didn't even talk about heaven. No, we didn't talk about heaven. Um, I was thinking, too, of what I said earlier. I don't think that... Um, I don't, um, I, I don't I guess, I don't need to clarify, but I was just thinking I should clarify. I don't want people punished. That's not my hope. I'm not like, oh, these bad, bad people need to be punished or someone who committed some terrible sin. You know, I'm talking, I'm talking about like murder, sure. rape. I'm not yeah. talking about whatever. the egregious things, the egregious things. Um, I don't, I don't want to see people punished, um, but I also feel like I think that just in God's presence, things just happen that yeah. we won't actually even, we don't know and won't understand until we're there. Yeah. I've listened to so many, not so many podcasts, but some podcasts and like read stories online and listened to, watched a documentary. I love after death stories like mm-hmm. people who die and come back to yeah, life those are good i am fascinated by those stories because i actually think that there's a glimpse into heaven in those stories mm-hmm. that that's some of that's like the closest glimpse we can get and a lot of these people these aren't even these aren't people who know god in any capacity in the way that you know evangelicals would think that you have to know call jesus your lord and savior that that's not the case and and yet they're met with this overwhelming love and warmth mm. and goodness and it's so much so that they don't want to come back that they don't 
want to go back to their families that they love and to earth. Like they fight to stay where they are, a lot of them. And the stories are so consistent across all cultures and through – there's like this one – there's one organization that's like all they do is catalog and track after death or after death experiences. Is that what they're called? Am I saying that yeah. right? Near death experiences. Near death, no, you. no, no. No, you're right. Near death. Yeah, near death. Near death. But they I mean, die. They do die. But yeah, I think that's the right it's term. That, it's what called is that near death. series on Netflix that we love? There's a series. Yeah, I can't remember what that one's or, called. Like, I don't know what it's but called. But anyway, that organization is in it, in that documentary. But that's all they do is track these stories. And they've charted them through t- like through hundreds of years and through cross cultures. And they're consistent. I, I mean, know. there's consistent idea and some people would say oh that's just like neurons firing in the brain and it creates this you know the brain releases these happy hormones and you have this experience but if you talk and listen to the people the specificity of what people experience mm-hmm. um there's no way that it's not yeah it's not god and when i think about that i think these are those are the kind of circumstances like a person who has caused harm to someone else and they are going to die. Like they're going to be in that presence, and something is going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. They're going to just change by virtue of being there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that's justice, but that's maybe. I mean, that's part a of lot it. of mercy, though. Too. That's a lot of mercy, and that's a lot of mercy. And justice and mercy go hand in hand. They do. And to add another layer in here that we we. We will not pontificate about because I, I'm, well, I don't know enough about it. Nicole may be a genius at it, but I, I am also not opposed to believing that there are levels or purgatories, oh, that there I mean, are you know, stages. Yeah, I don't. I uh-huh. think that there are places where souls um, might go in order to have like either a holding pattern because maybe there was something tormented or if people were murdered that maybe like I don't know I just have the only this reason feeling. I don't it's not the only reason yeah but that kind of thing but that people who did wrong yeah have maybe a a, a, a time to maybe I don't know if it's repent or to deal with it or maybe there is some sort of like a flogging section it's very Dante you know I don't you. know it's very who Dante it's it very is Dante I don't you. know well part of the reason I don't believe in that is because when Jesus was on the cross and the thief is next to him and he said, basically, he was like, can I go where you're going? And Jesus was like, yeah, uh, you'll be with me in paradise like yeah. today. There wasn't, there was no indication of like, he's going to go to some other place. Sure. And it was like a split second. I mean, he had like a, what, a one minute exchange with him. Jonathan talked about, I don't know who this guy was, it's like a Scottish preacher or something. But anyway, he was talking about that story of the the thief on the cross and next to Christ. And he was saying, he's going to get to heaven and all the people who are, are in heaven are going to be like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. who are you? And the thief will just say, point to Jesus and be like, he told me I could come. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's all that's required in that moment. He doesn't even know Jesus' name. I know. He doesn't know anything. And he didn't say the sinner's prayer. He said nothing. He didn't and get Jesus baptized. Said, You'll be with me. That's it. He's like, he said I could come, so I'm here. I know. And I think that that's the freedom and that's the ease of Christ is the fact that it is, I think the desire precludes the, what should I say? 
formality. Yeah, the formality that that if we have a desire to be with God, we're with God. Yeah. And I think we make it so hard for people, and it's so sad to me that that happens. Um, but, you know, Flannery O'Connor said this, she said, one of the tendencies of our age is to use the suffering of children to discredit the goodness of God. Mm. And once you have discredited his goodness, you are done with him. Mm -hmm. That's from a memoir of Marianne. And I think in, in light of what we're saying, the one thing the, there was only one thing that I wrote down, and it was people mistake justice for revenge or executing anger. Mm -hmm. But if we understand justice to come out of love, mm -hmm. which is God, then our lens for what is just clarifies. That's good. And, and I think that if, if God is love, which he says he is, and God is also just, and he is also merciful, then love is justice and mercy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how he deliberates it. Yeah. I am, I hope that it's going to be different for me and you than it will be for Hitler. Mm -hmm. But who am I to say that? Yeah. And, but there's also... This idea of justice now, mm -hmm. this idea that neo-Nazis are rising up again, mm -hmm. not even how uh, barely 70 years or just or a little I mean, over. they never went away. So. They never went away, sure. But that they're being allowed to rise up again, yeah. that they're being kind of like there's people who are fanning the flames of that kind of hostility yeah. or people pretending that it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. That kind of injustice mm -hmm. is so counter to the call of Christ and mm -hmm. the mark of Christ, that I actually think that in Christ, those of us who are justice seekers mm -hmm. who have to come against that wave in response oh, to what happened. And I actually think that that is a spiritual mandate. And people would say that I'm a radical leftist, yeah. that I'm woke, wanting to that I'm all of these right. kinds of things. And I'm not woke, I'm just awake. Mm -hmm. And I'm awake to the idea that God is love and that love calls me to both justice and mercy yeah and i have to discern how i'm going to do that with the capacity that i have or right. don't we all do yeah but i don't know i feel like in breaking that down in the last few years that's where i've come to and it makes sense to me and i'm saying this is for me yeah and these are the values that i want to yeah. impart to my children i don't even know that greg fully agrees or believes i mean i think a lot of what you're even mentioning, just even what I think was exposed in the church and in, in evangelicalism through 2019, 2020, 2021, 2021, um, it's just a lot of people who have a different viewpoint than me or you on what actually constitutes evil. Yeah. Which um, is not believing in a very limited. Right. So like what is actually evil? Like. I believe racism is evil. And so if you don't believe racism is evil or you don't believe in systemic racism, let's just take it a step back even, then you're not going to view evils in the world the way that I view evils in the world. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to want to fight those evils. You're going to say that those systems don't exist or you are comfortable turning a blind eye or it's really not that bad. Yeah. Well, and these are also people who have never experienced. This is what I'm saying. Hostility. And so, but but again, you don't have to experience something to know that it's evil, right? Like I don't have sure. to have had experienced the Holocaust to know that it's evil. I don't have to have experienced 400 years of chattel slavery to know that it's evil. I 
I don't have to have experienced a lot of things to know that they're evil. And if, if to the, to your point, I'm called to fight. It's a mandate, I believe on Christians to destroy evil. That's part of our actual purpose. Mm -hmm. And that feels so far, far from the mind of so many people forget like even how to do it there's just not even the there's not even the cause or the concern that it needs Mm -hmm. to even be fought so there's just a very small amount of people that's I think what's kind of been distilled down for me is like there's just there's a handful of people who want to do that that work Mm -hmm. and once I kind of wrapped my head around that I was like okay like God's always only ever had a small amount of people doing his work, mm-hmm. right? What's that? The the labor the work is what's that verse? The work is much, but the laborers, laborers are few. Laborers I don't know. What, it's not the word much. Is not the right word. Yeah, but that's the idea. Like, there's always yeah. only been a few laborers, and yeah. I feel okay with that. Am I? Sometimes I'm pissed about it if I really think about it. And I want to shake people and say, "Do you not see what's in front of you? Are you not? Are you not incest?" Do, isn't this vile to you? All of the things. But at the same time, I'm like, well, thank the Lord for the people whose eyes are open, who are awake, who do see it, who want to do something about it. And uh, sometimes that's all it's going to be. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder, it's funny because the irony is is that I think one group might think this of the other. Right. And I don't necessarily think this of anybody, but I've always wondered about the great falling away and the idea that there's going to be a time if we're talking about the end times as being an actual thing and not just a theoretical thing. Right. Um, you know, this idea that what is the mark of an actual Christian? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a Christian? And I am in no way going to answer that because... <laughs> I do. <laughs> sure you don't want to. No. Come on. But I I do believe that, um, you know, to go back to my earlier point, uh, anybody who wants to dismiss or deny another person's feeling a sense of belonging in the actual kingdom mm-hmm. or even the a physical space yeah. in the here and now, yeah. whether it's here or whether it's somewhere up in the air, I think anybody who would deny that is not reflecting the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they're a Christian, they can they they can put on yeah. whatever label they want. Yeah, that's I mean that that's not for us to. No, well, it's not. There but, are there is actually time and place to judge that, but sure, sure. But I'm not going to be the yeah, judge. No, Thank I know. God. I know. No, I'm. That's a separate. Conversation. Maybe, maybe we I'm will saying, judge. I think Christians are. We're told scripturally we're allowed to. We're actually told to not judge those who don't know. Jesus, but we are told we can judge those inside of the church. And we should, I should be asking people who proclaim Jesus, why is this not pissing you off? Why don't you want to do something about this? I'm a, I'm allowed to do that. You now are. they would disagree, but I believe scripturally I'm actually called to do that. Yeah. Same, same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got my thoughts on that. And, you know. Where are we at, Evan? Bring us home. We didn't even have an introduction. We had no introduction. Oh, well, I mean, I don't even know. This episode went everywhere and all where. But if we stop here, then it's going to be like, we're only an hour. It's going to be two baby 30s or one. It'll be more like 50. 
Oh. Yeah, because we had a lot of jibber jabber. That's not enough, but it's what that's we've enough. Got. Fifteen minutes is enough. But <clears throat> yeah, I think this one can be called rambling, but also <laughs> justice and mercy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, rambles, and then this is like very heavy yeah. idea. <laughs> like we do. Oh, we, well, we might be able to get two mini episodes out of here: the the rambling, but also pontificating. <laughs> Maybe that's the title for that one. And then, sure, sure, sure justice sure. and also mercy. Sure. Yeah, we got two epi- thirty minute episodes. Good. You triple speed us. You're done. Easy yeah. peasy. Lunch hour. We've got February squeezy. check and check. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So after this, we'll actually maybe record the part we need to, which is the beginning. Yeah. And the next time I record our beginning, it's going Renee to be... Renee will be doctor, doctor, doctor. <laughs> yes. So I'll be able to announce my new name. And it won't... The Empress needs it a won't new be, name. It won't be ironic. It'll be true. It'll be the one It'll true be name. one true name mm-hmm. that she wore on her chest that no one knew. That was no. That was that's in Revelation. Oh yeah, that's right. It'll be one official step closer to the goal of Oprah status. That's right. One Oprah step status. away from Oprah status. I need that all deleted. I don't Oprah want anybody don't have to no know. PhD. <laughs> I yeah, she has a bachelor's. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna have a but PhD. She does I'm have, have an millions ed-D. and millions of dollars. She has billions of dollars. Is she? She is a billionaire. She's a bi- she was the first female billionaire. She has billions of dollars. So maybe not billions. Well, yeah, I think she has billions. At least a billion. That's a grip of money. That's a grip of money. I have hundreds and hundreds of dollars. What would what would you do? <laughs> I just Oh, I know think, what I would do. I would, I just oh my it. gosh, I would do so much. First of all, I would upgrade all my appliances, especially my You would stay in your house if you had billions yes, of dollars. Yes, I would keep my house. I love my Shut house. Shut your face. Yes, I would I don't That's I don't know. No, I wouldn't stay in That's it. I would lie. keep it. I didn't say I would stay. I oh, said I would keep, keep it. it. Oh, okay. I would keep it. You would rent it out. Yes, and then I would have a place in Paris. I would have a place in New York City. I would have a house probably in LA. And then I would just travel. I would travel the crap out of places. And then I would give, of course. Oh, that's whatever. I'm a good Christian. I give. And then <laughs> whatever, bah, bah, whatever, bah, bah. whatever. Paris. Paris. <laughs> whatever. I'll give to the vendors in Paris. Hello. Oh, my gosh. And it's not just about consumption it's all about experiencing and exploring and then i don't know i mean i i tell myself i wouldn't work but i'm full of lies because i yeah, love you to would, work you would work but i would probably do different kinds of work i would be less of a hustle i would probably be extra hustly i'm gonna extra hustle because i have all this extra money to help my hustle Really? So you what, would be more hustly? I would be extra. I would be extra, yes. How can that be? Because the more that i have the more that i want that's how i'm built Oh, the more my friend, I have, the more I want to sit on my ass. Not if me. I, I would not work. I would not no, work. If I had all of that responsibility caught no. up in billions of dollars, no. I would have I would not to. Work. Oh, I would be fully engaged in like philanthropy. Yes. I would be like, how can I be the most strategic with this money? That's where my brain goes like, what could I do? I could do so much. I would want to be like milking every penny to get maximum impact maximum you know potential for that dollar but you also want to go to paris and new york oh, city and i would other totally be going to paris new york not la because i don't but, like la but i would not i wouldn't feel compelled to work like i would 
No, I already don't feel compelled to work, so that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> you, and I do. I've been, I was born. I to just work, wouldn't. So. It would not be something I. This would is why with. I, I have people in my life who are convincing me that I'm not a four but a three. And look, I'm fine. I'm a three and a four. Look, you can't box me in. You can't box. And her as in. a four, I'm not an ENFP or an ENFJ. I'm an ENFPJ. <laughs> so then I'm a three four. I'm a three four four three. Sunday is over here making when stuff I'm feeling up. more. And look, if we are looking at the integrative enneagram, we should should be all of our numbers. And we I should am be all, the, all of our numbers. I'm all we the numbers. All be Jesus. But I'm pretty low on the, the time. Ne- no, I've got good nining. I can I can I know how to sit on my ass for long chunks of time. Is that the definition of a nine? No, but that's what <laughs> nines like to do, and they like to snack. I like to snack, and I do like to snack. I mean, I'm. I'm a strong nine wing. You have a strong nine wing. But I love a, I do love a snack. I love a oh, chip and a dip situation. Oh God! Always and I put a, a lot. And, a and I put a lot of dips on my chips, and um, I like to dip. And I love watching Cobra <laughs> Kai, <laughs> and I love watching stuff. Movies I are my jam. Movies are my jam. We almost talked about Keanu Reeves today, and that would have been the light of my life. I think that's going to make it into the episode because I will. think that's the first. Five minutes. Oh, we'll see. It? We'll let Evan edit it and see, so. but I'm pretty sure it's going to be. <laughs> Are we allowed to have an episode talking about our free pass? Oh, like the Friends episode, free pass, who you would have sex with if it wasn't mm-hmm. your spouse? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to have sex with anybody outside of my spouse because I realized this. Here's all, something else I learned. We were going to do an episode on what we learned in 2021. I learned that for me personally, yeah. Yeah. monogamy is essential, that I am not built for that the way that I'm wired and the the way that my securities are bungled, that monogamy is... And, and I really can't enjoy erotic pleasures outside <laughs> of monogamy. It's really difficult because I think, I think monogamy is, is tied up with safety for me. I think that's the case for most people. I think so. I think, that's but not all. Like, no, no, definitely not all. But that's what you're stating is like, the majority of people, I think that's, I think we tend in human nature more towards that than we like to admit. We like to buy into the like, you know, men sow their oats and they need this and that and like, well, because they have for millennia. Women, feminist movement, you go, you now you go sow your oats too. It's, I mean, there are, sure, I know that, I know people who have and do that and they're fine and they're healthy, like emotionally, they're healthy. I'm just saying, I don't think that's, I think the majority of people are feel like you feel. I think so too sometimes. But that's something I, I, I needed to work I, out I in 2021. I don't ever think about a free pass for someone. I, if I think about, I don't think about having sex with people besides my husband. But if it comes to my mind like in this scenario of like a celebrity, like it feels so gross to I know, me that's how I feel. To even think about somebody that's not my husband. That's how so, I feel. It's not even something I entertain. Same. Like I could come up with a list of like celebrities I think are attractive, but that's not even the same thing. Same. And I don't, yeah, you're right. Although. We all know you love Keanu. That's the, that's But just, I don't know that I want to have sex no, with him. No, I, well, good. And I loved Freddie and he wouldn't have wanted to have sex <laughs> no, with me. he wouldn't have. <laughs> so. so it's fine. It doesn't matter. But I love these people in a way. I love their humanity. I love who they are. Yeah, I think that's And how totally they true. express themselves in the world. That's I'm just glad they're alive. Well, one of them's dead, but you know what? No, he's not. <laughs> he's a legend. You're legends right. never the die. Legends never die. <laughs> that should be on a shirt. Yeah, I think you stopped saying Anzo as much after. Yeah, once you call me out on it, I have to change. But 
if anybody who does has listened to this podcast from the beginning, if you go back to some of our very first episodes, Renee would say and so all the time. And and so it was her transitional phrase. And so we wanted to make a t-shirt that said and so, <laughs> which I think would be brilliant. You said it the other day over here when you were here the other day, you were talking something and you were like, and so, and I was like, oh, there it is. I'll bring and it back. So. I'll bring it back. It's subconscious. It so one shirt will be and so, and one will be legends never die. <laughs> That's it. That's all we need. And part of, if any of you ever have the pleasure of being on a Zoom call with me, on the back, in the background, I have a... It's like a freaking... <laughs> it's a shrine. It's a shrine. Brought to you by Nicole. <laughs> I have a me. little Keanu guy. It's a little figurine with Keanu from Bill and... As Ted. As Ted. Like OG Ted, not new Ted with all the... What did you do to your face in the new... Come on, he Keanu. You were a good looking man. He had a man. really bad... No, he had like puffiness. Eyelid. Anyway. Filler. So, filler. That's right. No more filler, Keanu. Come on. Embrace wow. 60. So he's almost 60. In two years, two and a half years, he's going to be 60. And he, he has a guitar. And then the other one's a little... What are those thing, things called? Funko Pops. Whatever those are. Yeah, I got one of Freddy. And he's got a hairy chest. And it's creepo. It is creepo. They're like little bobblehead characters. Yeah. But they're real cute. But yeah, they're behind me now. I love it. They, they, Everyone they will are, see those. They come in. their happy presents for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... Peace. And so... In the Middle East. All the time. Every day. That's it. And into perpetuity. (laughs) Into the afterlife. And beyond. beyond. So, here's what we would love for you to do. Rate. Review. Subscribe. And tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable. (laughs) So lovable. But it actually does... Make a difference, and it does help people find this podcast. If you like this podcast and you care about not only but also, you know, if you drop a little line there on Apple Podcasts and give us a little review, it actually means something. It does. And on Facebook, on Instagram, and on any of these kinds of things. Listen, if we in any way have helped you see the both and better, let other people know so they too can see more clearly. We are Noba Podcast everywhere. Thank you.